All right, beautiful people. Today, I have an awesome episode. I am interviewing my good friend, Garen Sprav. He is the CEO and founder of Clean Slate Janitorial. We get into parenting. We get into business. We talk about how spirituality and our connection to source energy allow us to be better entrepreneurs, better fathers, better husbands. So without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Silicon Valley to Spiritual Alley podcast. This is the second podcast. You guys listened to the first one where I talked about my inspiration of why I even wanted to do a podcast like this. And now, as promised, I have a awesome guest for you today. His name is Garen Sprav. Garen, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Sable. How about you? I'm doing awesome, especially getting a chance to speak with you, getting to speak with another father, another business yep. person, another person that is connected to spirit. You know, it really was exciting for me. I tried to get a lot of good rest last night, but just like uh, the day before you go to Disneyland, you kind of, it's hard to sleep. So, um, you're excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am excited. So, um, the reason why I asked Garen to come on, Garen is an entrepreneur. He runs the Clean Slate Janitorial Service. He's also a really awesome dad. And we're about the same age. And when I look at someone like Garen, I don't see another mid 40s person. I see like a really energetic, vibrant human being. So, I really wanted to connect with you, talk about your entrepreneurial journey, talk about spirituality, talk about parenting and really just trying to share our stories so that those that are listening will be able to feel more empowered about living a much more holistic life where your professional life, your personal life, your spiritual life could all overlap and could all be in a place where you really enjoy it and you're not sacrificing your professional life for your personal life or vice versa. So welcome to the show, Garen. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's jump on in. Yeah, let's jump on in. All right. So, um, well, I guess let's just start off with some of the more, I don't want to say mundane, but the more 3D practical stuff. You're the founder of Clean Slate Janitorial Service. Um, I really love the story behind it, but can you tell us a little bit of how you got into this field and how you're running your company today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, back in 2005, 2006, I believe it was, um, I was quite frustrated where I was. And you've heard the story before where people talk about being frustrated working in corporate America and wanting to do something different. I was one of those individuals and my wife, uh, every morning we were waking up and tears were running down our eyes. And it's like, I don't want to go into work. I don't want to go. And for me, being young in my marriage, the question was, yo, what else can I do? Like life can't be this way. So my wife and I, you know, we stayed wide open. We were kind of like paying attention to everything. And one time my wife and I, we were going to dinner and um, as I was standing there waiting for this gentleman to prepare our, our table, he's wiping out a table and his head is down and he's not looking up at anybody in the restaurant. And I'm just standing there with my wife on my arm and he begins to walk away after he's finished. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. Thank you. And he's like, why? Why would you say thanks to me? I said, because you prepared a place for my wife and I to have dinner you didn't just wipe down the table. Like if you didn't do this, we wouldn't eat here. So thank you. And he turned to me and he, he smiled and he was like, I did all that for you. And I was like, yeah. And he took off to another table and he started wiping it down and looking at people and looking them in their faces. And I just got chills throughout my body, man. And I told my wife, I think I want to do that again. And it was just the whole idea of bringing um, a sense of purpose 
to what somebody is doing and see mm. their instant reaction oh my god that that just filled me up and and ultimately what i did was um shortly after i quit my job and became a janitor now i didn't buy a business um i didn't buy a franchise i literally became a janitor and because i'm an experiential learner i wanted to learn and understand how that individual felt from the ground up and walk you know walking into a space where everybody's looking at you and they're probably looking down on you and i wanted to feel all of that man and through that life i have been able to learn what i've learned and then shared it with people on my team and continue to learn what i've learned and shared it with other people throughout uh the service industry and beyond so i found that my purpose has been um learning sharing learning and sharing and i've, I've coined it that i found my calling in a toilet bowl Mm, oh man, I love that story. And you know, I, what I really love is that you just went into the ground floor, you became a janitor yourself so that you could experience it. And what I really respect about that is, um, I come from a pretty humble background as well. And when my parents immigrated here, they had to take all sorts of different odd jobs. My dad started a whole bunch of businesses that ended up failing. So he had to just do whatever was needed to survive. And, you know, my dad actually became a CEO later on in his life. Um, but there were times when he had to do jobs that, you know, didn't require a college degree. And I would see how people would treat him and, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, my dad has an MBA, you know, I was like, why don't you tell them you have an MBA? And, you know, like, and then he's just like, that doesn't matter, you know, like, I'm just trying to, you know, feed the kids and stuff. But I've always had this um, same kind of respect for you, like, whether it's my servers, whether it's the barbacks, whether it's, you know, we, we have cleaners come to our house right now. And I just love to show them so much appreciation and gratitude for what they're doing. And what I tell my cleaners is, what you're doing for us is allowing me and my wife to have a environment where both of us could work and feel like we're in a place where everything is clean, the energy is good here. And without yeah. you guys coming once a week to do this, like, I don't think, cause I'm messy myself. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're really providing us a service that allows us to be entrepreneurs and doing our own thing. So I really love that part about you now. How did you go from being a janitor to starting the company? Yeah, well, literally, man, literally, literally, it was as, as I was a janitor, as I was cleaning places, right? And I started to do some work for some other people. I would, they would sub their work to me. The question that I had, and, and I too have a degree, right? And I didn't want to use that as my, the suit that I wore every day. I am your janitor. I am your cleaner. I'm here to do, provide your service. The question that I had was, what can I learn while I'm here? Okay, so as I'm looking around the space, I'm cleaning, I'm doing my job. Like, what can I learn? What can I learn? I saw the title on the door. Okay, that person is an engineer. Okay, or that's, you know, someone in supply chain. Okay, well, well what does that mean? So I would go home or, you know, jump on the internet and look up the title. Okay, that's what that is. Or if I walked into another room and I saw a certain book in there. Okay, this is a manager. This is a CEO. They're reading this book maybe I should read that book. So I would go out to Borders or Barnes and Noble and you know, read the book and then go back to work. And it was all these different things that I was learning along the way. If I'm working all night and I knew that I wanted to do some networking in the morning, okay, bring your suit, put it in the car, right? Find a Panera to clean up a little bit and go out and, and, and network. And I was, again, learning all these different things. And I'm, and I'm like compiling all of this information and saying to myself, if you're working in the service industry, you're not just working in the service industry. You're being exposed to all kinds of environments, 
what can you learn? And as I did that over and over again, I started grabbing that information and sharing it with people. And as I shared it, people would say, well, hey, can I come work with you? And I was like, yeah, okay, come on. But I didn't know how to manage people. So I had to learn another skill. So again, going to those managers' offices and seeing what books they had. Okay, people, something about people. Okay, how to win friends in. Okay, <laughs> let me go and read. So there was all these opportunities everywhere, man, for me to grow as a person, even as I was growing a business. So that's kind of how I made that transition. Man, uh, this is so awesome. You know what? I, I don't know what our demographic is of the people watching this, but if there's any younger people watching that you know, feel like I'm above an entry level job. This is how you go into a company and you get paid to learn, you know, like you were going and seeing titles that you didn't have any idea what it was. What's a supply chain guy? Okay, okay, I get it now. This person is making sure all the inventory, all the materials are always here so we could build whatever. And then reading all the different books that the executives had on their bookshelves, like, okay, these must be there must be a lot of knowledge in these books that this guy is putting it in his office and wanting to probably impress whoever walks in to see that book on the shelf. Like, hey, I, I, I'm with it. I'm on this stuff. So I really love that you weren't only getting experience as a janitor, but you were utilizing your time there to augment your knowledge. Now, sure. I'm curious, you know, like when I told my wife I was going to quit my tech job, and become a weed entrepreneur and make $600 vaporizers. Um, at first she was not super supportive. You know, she's like, hey, you know, you're making really good money here as a tech sales guy. Um, the companies you work for have, you know, I worked for five companies. All of them went public or had successful exits. So I was really riding a lot of momentum here. But similarly mm -hmm. to you, it was just like, I was like, I don't want to keep selling stuff that automates some process and, you know, go through this dog and pony show. But, you know, I just knew there was something more that my spirit was looking for. Uh, when you told your wife, you know, you're going to quit your corporate job and become a janitor. How did she respond? Right. We had a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have kids at the time, um, but we had a mortgage, man. And we had bills. We had, you know coming out of school, granted, we didn't have, you know, student loans, a whole lot of student loans to pay back and so forth. But, but she was looking at the numbers and she's like, Garen. And I said, listen, man, let's try this before we have kids. Right. And if it doesn't work, I will get another job. I'll go back into working in corporate America. I'll work in McDonald's, whatever, but I'll make sure that we cut, we cover our bills. My wife had seen the discipline that I had. And I asked her this question, like, why did you trust me? Why did you believe in me? And she says, Garen, I saw that you would work, right? You came from a family that worked. And I saw your discipline every day, right? Whether you liked it or not, you got up and you left, you went to work, you went to work. So I took that body of work and said, hey, if he's going to do something else differently, maybe he'll do the same thing. So let's give it a stab, right? And every day, I would get up and hit the road. I would go out looking for work or meeting people. And the crazy thing is a lot of times I would come home and I was totally excited, man, because I met a Sable, right? And I'm just like, Josie, oh my God, you need, to, oh my God, let me tell you about my day. And I would start talking to her about my day and she's listening to my story, listening. And at the end, she's like, did you pick up a new client? And I'm like, no, we didn't. But the conversation with him was so awesome. So she saw that there was a connection that I had with people, mm. but it wasn't always turning into business yet. She was patient enough to just stick with me, man, stick with me. And then all of a sudden those relationships that I had started 
turned into business, turned into opportunities. And, and we started to grow that way. And for a big chunk of the time, and um, she, 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 like she held it down. I didn't know how broke we were during that period because I was so focused on just getting out there and doing my job, being disciplined, right? Um, but many years later, I remember us going through like some boxes of some old bank statements and so forth. And I saw 46 cents in the bank account, negative $230. And I'm like, Josie, like, yo, do you like, do you remember this? And she's like, yeah, Karen. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know. So when you talk about, um, your, your partner who is supporting you through the grind, man, like that was so critical to our success over the years. So, you know. She 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 was all in on it. She was all. Oh in man! On it. Well, sounds like I need to meet Josie one day. She sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, my my yeah. wife was very similar, where she felt like there was a lot of risk, but she had seen me just kind of like push through enough things where she's like, "Well, hey, if this is something you really want to do, I know how focused you get behind it. You know, I'm gonna yeah. support you and do it." And so, you know, what's interesting is so the part that really resonated with me was that she could see how much you were enjoying the interactions that you were having, even when they yeah. weren't bringing in money. And then based on the story that you told, like these seeds that were planted earlier were starting to bear fruit later. So yeah. I think this is a very important lesson for early stage entrepreneurs. I know that, you know, every business meeting, every sales call, I was like, something needs to happen. I need to show some progress. And yeah. I experienced the same thing as you, which was, you know, there were times where like I would fly from California to Florida to meet someone and mm -hmm. it's like a one hour meeting and then I come back, nothing happens. And yeah. then, you know, 18 months later, 24 months later, they're like, we're ready. And they end up being like one of our biggest accounts. And so yeah. what I wanted to kind of reflect back to you and reiterate to the audience listening is that mm -hmm. I believe that the learning, the enjoying the process of creating the business is actually where all the magic is. And yeah. if you can really embody that principle that, hey, I'm growing myself, not just professionally, but also personally, emotionally, spiritually. And I am abundant in conversations today, even if I'm not abundant in deals. It's like yeah. a great way to organically grow the business while keeping your nervous system in a much more calm state. And I could say this now, but in the early stages, I know, you know, I know, I know. it was so different. It was so different. <laughs> and that's why I close my eyes, man, because I feel what you're saying. Like, it's so true. 100%. There we go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, when the cats say like, I, I want to go out, they want to go out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you're so, you're so correct, man. It, it, it is, realizing that the process the journey is actually where the the meat and the substance is and being able to embrace that um and go on that journey you know most recently people have uh, you know i have a friend of mine he said to me he said garen when people ask you like hey how do i how do i get started in business like uh, you know how, if i want to start this kind of a business what should i do i asked them the question first i say well who do you want to become they're like that's but that's not what i really I didn't expect that answer, mm. Garen. Like, yeah, but who do you really want to become? Because if you if you can identify that, now you're open up to all kinds of journeys to get there. But if you're just saying like, oh, I just want to have a business, oh, I just want to make money, or 
then anything can throw you off off the road you know off 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 course so when i get people to really hone down on who do they want to become what do they envision themselves being then it becomes a much easier acceptance of what this journey is going to produce in you you know and and, and we get to celebrate the wins the early wins of hey i learned this today i learned that today okay all right let's go ahead and file it away because you might need that tomorrow or next week and watch when it shows up let's talk about it and when it does show up the opportunity shows up and they see the growth or that learning package that they have um actually work out they're like huh this is getting interesting you know and then it becomes well let's do this again so i i that's that's kind of how I, I i coach people through the whole process man just let them know like hey it's a journey it's a journey just yeah. let's get started man that's such a deep question you know who do you want to be as opposed to you know what do you want to do or how much do you want to exit right and yeah, yeah. i'm just curious you know how did a like a question even like that you know come up when you know, most people, like if one of my friends asked me about yeah. business, you know, I'd be like, well, what type of business? How much do you want to make? You know, those are the typical questions that I would ask. You know, how yeah. did you stumble upon, like, who do you want to become? Well, I, I noticed, and just like you, just like where you said a little bit um, earlier, you said, you know, now I can reflect back and say what I'm saying now, right? So as I was going on this journey, and you saw that that I was I was kind of aware, right? going into these rooms and I'm looking around, I'm paying attention, not being nosy, but I'm just paying attention to what's in the room. Like, what, what am I supposed to learn here? What am I supposed to learn here? Um, as I took that forward and as I saw myself evolving into something different, I can't say I had chosen this path, but there was an evolution that was taking place and I either had to surrender to it or I was going to fight it. And for quite a while I was fighting it and I kept just stress stressing out high anxiety high blood pressure all of that and it's like like what am i supposed to learn here so when i started to surrender to what life was throwing in my in my in my way it became easier to receive i'm like okay so i'm changing and then people started noticing like hey garen i'm noticing something different in you i'm like okay all right all right you just continue on you know um i couldn't really put my finger on it i couldn't identify it or even articulate it but I knew that something was happening. So I learned early on that this was going to be a process. Um, and it wasn't gonna be about money because I wasn't, I wasn't focused on the money. I was really focused on the relationships and the people that I would meet. And when I, when I surrendered to that and, and, and said to myself, Garen, you're fine in meeting people and really enjoying that, the money became like an afterthought, but it actually started to happen when I didn't focus on it. I focus on the thing that I really, really enjoyed, which was people and learning people. I see in stories. So when I look at you, I go back to what you said and how you got to where you got to. And and, and I just, I embrace your story, mm. not just the guy. So yeah. that could be some kind of superpower that I have. I don't know, but that's what I've been living. Yeah, that's super cool. And, you know, you use the word surrender and... You know, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, you know, that word surrender was probably like the worst word that could come out of my mouth. It's like giving up, you know, when I started doing jujitsu, like I would never want to tap unless like I was like about to pass out or, you know, I learned really quickly. Like if you do that, you're going to be at the chiropractor's office like all the time, you know, and so, 
You know, the title of this podcast is From Silicon Valley to Spiritual Alley. And I found that as I became more spiritually awakened, um, I realized that surrendering isn't giving up. Surrendering is actually becoming closer to source energy in my experience. And so sure. I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I know that you're a spiritual person based on some of the things that we've had discussions about and some of the things that I've read, but I don't think we've ever talked about spirituality directly. You know, I'm just curious, uh, where do you kind of stand in the spiritual continuum and how does that fit into your personal and professional lives? You know, that's a great question. And, and you got to forgive me on this one because I'm, I am more curious about yours. Right. And, and I'd love for you to kind of share it. Right. Because you talked about you talked about in the past about uh, being an atheist and then uh, finding your spirituality and finding uh, this desire, this yearning to be close to something greater than yourself. I'm curious and I'll answer your question. What what were you experiencing when you were an atheist that that filled in that gap? that you recognize was either missing or needed when you made the jump to connecting with that higher being? Oh man, great question, great question. So I went to Catholic school growing up, saw sure. a lot of hypocrisy and what they told us to do and how they behave. So that really turned me off to religion. Now, my parents were Buddhist. They sent me to Catholic school because they just wanted me to have more discipline. Um, they were even though it was a different religion than we practice at home, um, you know, they, they thought going to private school, um, I would get a better education. Now, between Catholicism and Buddhism, you know, like my mom believed in like fortune tellers. She would have like palm readers and people come over to, the, to my house. And I was just so skeptical. I was really into science. I loved being able to explain things using the scientific process or logic and rationality. So like, yeah, in my high school days and my college days, like whenever I would find someone that was religious, I would always take it upon myself to use logic and rationality to try to make them look stupid in front of other people. I was that guy, you know? And so in college, like many students, um, I experimented with subconscious or conscious enhancing uh, 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 molecules. And mm -hmm. I had these experiences where I felt like I connected to God or something greater than myself. But one of the molecules is dimethyltryptamine. It's actually called the spirit molecule. So I was like, yeah, I just took DMT. It's called the spirit molecule. Of course, you're supposed to have this type of experience. So even though I've had these connected experience through these psychedelics and entheogens, my physicalist, reductionist, materialist mind was like, well, yeah, I just took this endogenous molecule. Of course, this is what's supposed to happen. Then okay. fast forward, fast forward to... 2020 COVID just happened. My father got lung cancer, um, couldn't mm. see my dad and was really just having this like really negative experience about not being able to be with my dad as he was dying. And so he passed away when he passed away. Um, I was having a lot of tough time, like dealing with this. So I started like meditating, meditating like 90 minutes a day. And in one of the meditations, I connected with one of the entities that I recognized from when I had done mushrooms or when I was experimenting with psychedelics. And I was like, whoa, like, how did I access this? And mm. 
um, at first it scared me like, whoa, maybe I smoked too much weed or, you know, ate too many mushrooms and now I'm getting like these residual flashbacks. But the voice that I heard was very kind, very warm, very inclusive, very empathetic, just like Sabo, everything's going to be okay. Sabo, this yeah. is what you should do next with your life. And I just started listening, just started listening. And um, at that point, my companies, the first five years of my company, we were in the red. But from 2018 to 2020, uh, we grew by 400% and then 500%. So we went from mm -hmm. like uh, 2 million to 8 million to 40 million. And then I got this like message that it was time to step away from cannabis and to get into coaching. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just like your wife, my wife was like, yeah, the first five years, this company is like <laughs> bleeding money. We're making yeah, yeah, money. Yeah. And now you're telling yeah. me you want to do something different right so yeah. she's like you're gonna make me go through this and again and i was and the crazy thing was though when she did the 90 minute meditation with me she got the same vision that i was going to become Yo. a coach so so in my mind i was like whoa if that happened in my mind this happened in her mind and neither of us had taken any psychedelics how can we explain this and so yeah. That started my relationship with, this was July 30th of 2020. I've meditated 90 minutes literally every day since that day to connect with God, to connect with source energy, to connect with yeah. the universe. I typically just use whatever word doesn't trigger the person I'm speaking with. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and, and just really cultivating that relationship with God. And so yeah. that's kind of led me to where I am today, where I used to use a lot of like, just as much information that I could get my hand on, process all that information in my head, make the best decision possible. And I still do mm -hmm. use my rational, logical, strategic mind, but a lot mm -hmm. of the way that I live my life today is, oh, Garen popped into my head. Oh, there was a reason why Garen popped into my head. Let's reach out to him. I don't know yeah. why, but let's connect. Yeah. And then usually when I do that, something magical happens. So I've just learned yeah. to surrender. surrender. And it, it, right. it's not like giving up, but it's, I, I believe it's surrendering, thinking that I'm the doer and mm -hmm. surrendering and understanding I'm a vessel for this work. Yeah, let's go. Listen to you, right? Going from Mr. Atheist to, to all of this. That's yeah. pretty awesome, bro. That's pretty awesome. I, I believe, I believe, man, that um, we're all created beings and, and, like if you created something, you know exactly how that something was created. You know exactly what where you left your fingerprint, where you poked in some. You you know it, right? And when it's time to break it apart or 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 touch it, you know exactly where to touch it, right? To hold it and where it's fragile or not, you know. So those messages that you were getting, yeah, I could only say like yo that's your creator talking to you right because he knows exactly what it is he or she knows exactly what it is you need at the time and what's what's next and the wonderful thing that i heard from what you said is that you were obedient you're obedient to that word right and here you are on your journey don't know where you're going to end up right but you're on that journey and and i think recognizing that we are vessels because i mean you know the bible talks about this whole thing about like you can't grow your hair Right. I, I sometimes ask my daughters, hey, uh, can you make your heart beat? They're like, no, daddy, it's just beating. I said, yeah, ain't that cool, though? 
you know? So something has happened where it's doing it on its own at the rhythm at which it allows you to live. Like that's some cool stuff, you know? And being obedient to to that, now, now you're on a rhythm going somewhere and it's going to be a beautiful journey. Or it is a beautiful journey, not going to be, it is. Yeah, totally. Awesome. And, you know, like um, one, one of the visions that I had that was very clear was that if you're hearing voices in your head to do something and it's coming from a place of fear and judgment, that's mm -hmm. like your lower self and ego mind just trying to keep you alive. But when you're mm -hmm. getting thoughts that are coming in that feel warm, loving, inclusive, yeah. expansive, yeah. then that's the way that God is communicating to you. And some people may see it in visions. Some people may hear it. I tend to, the way that I describe it is I get like a zip file downloaded into me and then yeah. that zip file like starts unpacking throughout the day and it starts making more sense. And I used to just think, is this my imagination or what, what's going on here? And then yeah. in one of my meditations, they were like, what do you think imagination and creativity is? It's divine source energy contacting you, letting you know that this is another cool idea that you could run with. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, uh, several years ago, it probably was five years ago or so, I went to visit one of my clients. I'd never seen the owner of this, um, of this, uh, this law practice. Um, I only met with his office manager, but one time they called, they reached out to me and they, they said, Hey, stop by. So I stopped by, did the inspection with them. And as I'm leaving, the owner says to the front desk, uh, individual, Hey, send Karen back. So I go back and I'm like, Oh God, what's, what's this going to be about? And I walk into his office and he tells me to sit down and he asks me, he's like, how are you? I was like, eh, I'm doing okay. He's just like, no, it's like, how are you? And he just went deep on me real quick. And I guess it was the tone in which he asked the question. And all of a sudden, man, I just started blah, blah, talking, talking, talking. Never met this guy before. He wrote something on a piece of paper. And I actually have the paper here with me. And he turned it down and he slid it across the table. And he says, don't, don't, don't flip it yet. He kept talking, kept talking. And after about an hour and a half of talking with this guy, he says, turn it over. His name is Michael Long, right? Um... I'm gonna cover his 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 name uh, his his telephone number up, but he writes on this paper and he says, "Radical obedience at the mere whisper of God." And I'm like, what? "Radical immediate obedience at the mere whisper of God." And I held on to that paper. I drove with it in my truck. I'm actually going to frame it and put it here in my office, but I keep it close as a reminder to be obedient at the mere whisper. So when God is talking and I hear it, just be obedient. Like, I don't know what's coming next, but just be obedient. And I've been doing that. Going back to your question, right? How I got here. Growing up in the Virgin Islands, I'm originally from St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. So I was born in Puerto Rico, grew up in the Virgin Islands. I, My mother is... Uh, heavily religious, right? In the Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist uh, community. And when I would reach out to want to speak to her as a kid, she would always grab the Bible and lay it out across the bed. And I'm like, moms, I just want to talk to you, man. Like, oh. and she's like, hey, son, if I can't find an answer in the Bible, I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, moms, like, I just want to talk to you. But she would always refer back to the Bible. And that actually, that was... I didn't like that. I felt like she was rejecting me because I wanted to talk to a, a human mm. being. 
I didn't want counsel from the Bible, right? So I stopped talking to her and stopped sharing with her. And I started trying to figure things out on my own as a kid and continued to grow up in the Adventist community, went to church on Saturdays and so forth. And it was cool, right? I knew that I had to have my own personal relationship with God and it was eh, doing my thing. But in the Caribbean, um, the, the, the Adventist community, it's very like so structured, so disciplined. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, and there's a lot of judgment that's thrown your way. And if, if you're, if you're not doing this well, then you're going to hell type of a deal. It, it was just rough, man. And I, I didn't really embrace it as much. I kind of lived it, didn't embrace it. And I started beating myself up. I remember as a kid, I had issues, wanted to talk to my mother. She was kind of using her own form of therapy. So, so in my head, I would beat myself up. Like my best friend, Garen, the best friend was always just degrading me and, and just talking very harshly to, to me. And as I continued to grow, I left a wake of damage, man. Relationships, friendships, done a lot of damage. But I got introduced to a book. A couple of years ago, I'm speaking on a stage in Michigan. And when I get off the stage, this guy comes up to me, he and his wife, and he's like, yo, I want to recommend a book to you. I'm like, okay, whatever. And he says, it's this book called Stunned by Grace. Ooh. Right? I'm like, why this book? He's just like, I don't know. Something just told me to recommend it to you. I wasn't talking about anything spiritual from the stage. He's like, I know. Something just told me to recommend it to you. This book has been awesome for me. And the reason is because it talks about grace. And you know, if you've ever been in a situation where you don't forgive yourself and you beat yourself up a lot, you don't know what grace is. Um, you don't feel deserving of good things. So even when people wanted to shower me with gifts or throw me a birthday party, uh -uh. I'll, I'll throw you a party, but don't throw anything for me. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. My wife, she wanted to, um, after she sees me working a whole day, she's like, I can't wait till you get home. I want to make you something to eat. And I'm like, ah, I'll find something to eat when I get home. It's okay. You rest. So I wasn't even accepting the good that people wanted to share with me, man, because I didn't feel deserving of it. Mm. This book, it just helped me to see grace totally different. And now I speak to myself totally different and I receive the downloads better. Right. And then I act on them. Right. So, so listen, man, we all have different challenges and issues and stuff going on. And sometimes there's somebody out there in the world, unbeknownst to us, who is waiting with a word to share, right? And it may be just what it is we need in order to get over that hump. And by being obedient to it, mm, all of a sudden, you and I are now here talking. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, man. I love stories like that where someone's just like recommending a book. There was yeah. no rhyme or reason other than getting that feeling and one of the downloads that I got one day was that, um, you know, when you're younger, you'll hear like the, the, the cliche, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, yeah, yeah. you know, then I would think, well, what about all the bad stuff that's happening? You know, right. there seems like there's a lot of needless suffering. And yeah. the download that I got was that, yeah, everything does happen for a reason. Like if you want to be on a hero's journey of your life, if there were no bad guys like, how would you ever be the hero? You know, these, hero. these things have to coexist with each other. And on top of that, um, you know, the other thing that really stood out to me was, 
you know, how helpful and how forgiving and loving you could be to other people. But then when they want to do the same for you, you know, you just kind of put the shields up and, um, that that's, that's, uh, definitely something that, um, very much resonated with me. And so I kind of want to bring it back a little because when we first talked, uh, you had said when you started your business, you didn't have children yet. And so I wanted to just kind of fast forward a little, um, to when you started having children, you know, how did that uh, affect the business? And uh, I do want to bring it back to the spirituality, but I did want to, yeah. uh, you know, talk about just kind of like how our kids impacted our, our yeah. professional lives and the way we approach business. Yeah, 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 totally, man. So, like, you know, in the beginning, when I mentioned, I said to my wife, hey, I want, let's try this before we start, before we start having kids. Um, we had a journey even in trying to have kids, right? You know, the, the miscarriages and all of that stuff. And we've experienced, I think, probably like four or five of those, man. So it was oh, tough, wow. right? So when our daughter was born, our first daughter was born in 2012, I said, the question I asked was, how can I be present? How can I be more present? And um, at that point in time, I had a team of individuals, managers, and people were handling the work out there. And I, I... I mean, like every moment that I could, man, I was being present around my daughter. So I was there for her birth. I was there for all of the little things along the way, man. I don't think I've missed much of anything along the way, but I made a sacrifice to be present there. And I'm glad that things worked out where I had a team that was able to fulfill the the needs of our clients at the time that afforded me the opportunity to at least be at home, dropping them to the daycare or picking them up or, you know, putting them to bed at night just those little things. And then I'm going to head back out to work. I knew that I wouldn't have like the work-life balance that people um, often speak about, but the question was like, what's important? So in speaking to my wife, finding out like what's important, you know, where do you need me the most? And looking at my daughter and seeing what her needs were and like, where can I be impactful the most with my time? That's what I started logging. And if I could be there for those things and then get back to work, even if I spent more time at work, but then I'm there for those things. Oh, they don't, I didn't miss a beat, right? My daughters didn't miss me or, you know, they can't, they can't remember me not being there um, because I focused on the things that were meaningful. And then when we got our second daughter in 2014, the same thing, I ran the same playbook. And to this very day, I mean, I still have to go out and work sometimes with the team or go out late and, and make sure that everything is doing okay, going okay. My youngest daughter, she loves hugs she loves to embrace and she's like daddy like when i get up at more in the morning at 5 30 she's already awake and she's like daddy do not leave the house without giving me a hug mm. and i have to go into her room and give her a hug and she's like have a good day daddy even though i'm just going to the gym to come back but she doesn't want me to leave unless i give her a hug or she doesn't want to go to sleep unless i'm giving her a hug if i give it to her in the morning i drop her to school and give her a hug i'm at home when she gets home or or before she goes to bed she's good Give them what it is they need, then get back to work. Give your team what it is they need. And that's where we found the balance. And my wife and I, we play a tag team approach. And we're just there, man. We're just there with our kids. So we don't miss a beat. And I'm thankful. I'm grateful that I get to be present as much as I am right now. Yeah. Oh, man. I I love that story that you shared. Um, I was in a similar boat where, um, well, actually, I had my kid right when we started our business. I don't recommend mm. that to anyone. That was a lot of like well, stress, but yeah. um, I made it a point to be home for all the important things. Now, 
what I ended up realizing a little bit later was like, yeah, I was home for the dinners. I was home for the drop-offs and pickups, but I was not present. You know, I was always answering emails, um, mm. doing all sorts of different things on my phone. So even though my body was there, my mind wasn't there. And I noticed yeah. that that wasn't satisfying my kids. So what you said that really resonated with me was I realized that if I could just give them like 100% of my attention, sometimes they would only need that for like 30 seconds, one minute. And they were like, all right, dad was present. He wasn't thinking about other things and that's all that they needed. So instead of just trying to be there all the time and my mind being somewhere else, I realized like you, it's like, hey, when I'm there with them, be super present. And when they don't need me, then get back to doing what I need to do. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think that's a gift to, 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 hopefully it's a gift to your listeners, right? Because, because there, I have met some people, man, who beat themselves up by saying, I'm a bad mom or I'm a bad dad, you know, like, like I'm not there and, and they're frustrated. Oh, you got to go to, to, to their chapel at school today. I didn't get to make it out there. I'm, you know, I had to work and they beat themselves up. And again, man. If we can give them, just like you said, they don't even need the whole hour sometimes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, right? But when, when you see that they've reached capacity, they'll tell you, they'll leave. Or they'll just like, you know, they'll go do something else, right? <laughs> then you can go ahead and do what it is you, you need to do, man. So, so again, going back to giving ourselves that grace, right? To be effective when we're present and then be effective elsewhere when we need to be um, is, is a gift, is a gift and it's much better than beating yourself up, man. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I really think, um, you know, if there's any parents that are entrepreneurs or parents that are just work, corporate working professionals as well, you know, this is a really great piece of advice I wish that I had heard when I was a little bit younger, um, when my yeah. kids uh, could have really benefited from me being present versus me sitting there and them watching a TV show while I'm in a completely different world in my phone. And so I, I really love that you brought that up. And I wanted to kind of bring it back to, you know, you're talking about surrendering yeah. and, and obeying um, the word of God. Now, yeah. how did you end up implementing this into your business? Was it like an easy implementation or was it hard to take some of these concepts and surrender yeah. in the workplace? Because I know that when I'm thinking about my personal life, it's like, all right, like if I have to surrender, compromise, no big deal. Uh, but yeah. when it came to business, it was like, wow, like, like it's not just my paycheck. I have employees. Like if I'm yeah. fucking around here, like yeah. it's not just my, you know, my well-being, it's other people. So that would always kind of bring me back into like, I need to win. I need to force things, you know? Yeah. So I was curious, like, how did you integrate this into your yeah. work life? Yeah, totally. So, you know, if you if you listen to people on the internet, everybody talks about the grind and the hustle and you got to do this and you got to do that. And when you when you talk about um not just religion, man, but when you talk about about you know, God and 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 even I, I believe you tell me if I'm wrong, right? When I think of uh, uh Buddhist, I think of calm, of peace, you know, like they're just in this zen mode, right? But on the other side, people are talking about grind and hustle and you got to fight and you got to do this. And... But then there's Zen over here. Like, there's something here, right, with that. So, the... so peace must be a part of this equation. How can I find peace? 
because I'm beating myself up against the wall. I'm hustling. I'm, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm putting in the effort. I'm putting in the discipline and I'm exhausted. And it doesn't seem as though this whole thing gets better for an extended period of time. Like, yeah, I could be living life well for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, back into the grind, like ebb and flow, ebb and flow. And I'm like, but if there's supposed to be peace through life, then there should be like some kind of a bench benchmark or baseline where there's just peace. So where can I find that? Okay, so I go back to some of these stories in the Bible, right? talking about God or Jesus being in the in the boat. And there's a storm outside and the people are all kind of acting crazy. Like, yo, we, we're going to drown. And Jesus is just hanging out in the bottom of the boat sleeping. And he's like, yo, peace be still. Ooh, everything shuts down. Like, So he was sleeping while storms. And I think about life, storms, ebb and flow. And so I'm searching, man. I'm like asking all these questions. And I'm like, like, where is this peace? So I started, I tried it. There was one time most recently, and I, recently I mean probably over the past year, year and a half, I remember um, reading something. I woke up at 4.15, doing my devotion, doing my meditation, and something said to, to surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit. So I'm under my covers with my phone, and <laughs> I'm afraid, right? Being real honest with you, I'm, I'm afraid because I don't know what's going to happen. But I stuck my hand from under the covers, and I was like, I surrender myself to the Holy Spirit. And I pulled it back in. I started losing clients, bro. I'm like, what is this? I said I wanted more abundance. I surrendered and I'm losing clients. And that's when I started recognizing, okay, a storm is coming. You asked for something. Are you going to surrender? So as I start, started this whole idea of thanking God for things in advance, right? The Bible and the books that we talk about, they talk about being grateful, being grateful. Amidst the storm, be grateful. Things are high, be grateful. If things are low, be grateful, right? Because we get to do this. We get to breathe. We get to have a conversation. I started being grateful. I started thanking God in advance for what he said he was going to do. And claiming things like, yo, they're done. I know people talk about manifestations and all that stuff. I'm just going with what I, what I know, right? I'm thanking God for what he said he's going to do in advance. And all of a sudden, things are starting to happen. I'm like, yo, did you see that? I'm talking to my wife, yo, did you see that? And all of a sudden, like things are happening and all I'm doing is being grateful for the day, right? Just grateful. I can't find my, my AirPods. Yo, God, thank you for uh, revealing to me where the AirPods are. And all of a sudden, AirPod, boom. I'm like, yo, I like this. And I'm just doing it more and more. And I started implementing it into my business, just being grateful, grateful. Mm things are just happening and even though there's ebb and flow i'm grateful and things are just happening i'm like yo blood pressure yeah it has its ups and downs but i don't feel as tense as i used to feel anymore because i'm walking into every day just being grateful as opposed to oh god what's going to happen again today right which is stressful and things are just happening i'm living amidst life Beep. you see what i'm saying so yeah. that's what I tried and that's what I'm encouraged to continue doing because I have, I, I get to rest on that peaceful benchmark or baseline. Oh man. I love that story. And you know, I'm glad, I'm so glad that I asked you to be my first guest because, you know, I think being a, close to the same age, I think we grew up in a time where, 
you know, there was like the Bill Gates, the Steve Jobs is like these just grind and hustle. And that culture was very much ingrained in me. And I do believe grinding and hustling is a great way to achieve your goals. But then when I look at all the grinders and hustlers and how happy they are, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, alignment alignment between, yeah, between that. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, I remember you know, there would be like some aunties that would maybe come around once a year that would stay at my house for three or four weeks. And later on, I discovered, oh, these were like my hyper spiritual aunties that after they graduated college, started traveling the world and, you know, would be experiencing a lot of things, but financially weren't like really set up. So in my Mm -hmm. mind, there was like, these two archetypes, like you're professionally successful and busy and probably not that happy, or you're living your best life and you got to call like your sister or brother every once in a while because you need a place to crash. And as I got older, I was like, you know what? I don't like like these two archetypes having to be separate. I want them to, I want to live a life where I'm doing well professionally, but my time, my health, my relationships aren't being sacrificed for it. And so what I heard from you was that you got to a place where you realize, hey, life will always give you challenges Mm -hmm. and you can look at these challenges as a problem and that will make you not want to go to work every single day. Or you Mm -hmm. can look at these challenges as this is a gift from God to help be a catalyst for whatever growth is supposed to happen next. And if you could look at things as a gift, you experience life so differently and it could be the exact same life where, you know, things happen and some people may be like shit hits the fan or things yeah. happen and you're like wow i'm about to level up yeah. <laughs> right right ah. and and trust me man i have my moments where i'm just like yo like i'm i'm tired man you know sometimes i want to tattoo the word endurance on my forearm or something just to remind me like dude endure endure like it's going to be okay right um so it's tough but there's such growth in that because just like uh like if you were if you had ropes tied around you and you're gonna bust out of them like you have to like really like expand like really like tense your muscles and push and even though you may not burst about the ropes there was growth in that flexing right so as i go through life and i'm enduring there's growth right there and then when life eases up i don't contra- uh, contract i just stay right where i'm at right and then I grow some more. So, so sometimes you'll find me taking this whole deep breath, which reminds me of the breath of life, right? Like, just like I get to take a deep breath, right? And when I take those deep breaths amidst, when I'm on the cusp of feeling anxiety, all of a sudden it releases. It's like, yeah, you're living, Aaron. This is part of living. So I take deep breaths, man. When I'm asked a tough question, and then I answer, right? When I'm feel, if you're saying something that really resonates deeply, I take that deep breath again and like, wow, like I feel what he's saying, man. Like, yo, like it's not just me. Okay, you're okay, Garen. And then I go, you know? So I found joy in taking deep breaths now, man. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of breath work. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to teach. Uh, how did you kind of discover, you know, basically being able to... I don't want to say manipulate, but be, have better control over your emotions and your state of being through breathing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I went to therapy first, right? Um, had some challenges that I needed to work through childhood as well as you know just personal. And I learned my therapist. She would have me take a deep breath. And in the midst of that intense, those intense sessions, 
I recognized that taking a deep breath actually felt good. Like it felt good. So I started just like being in the room, vacuuming somebody's office and looking around and seeing things. I started doing some searching on YouTube and talked about breath work. So I started doing a couple of little things. I, I don't know any names of people or what have you. I just started following, you know, take a deep breath in, release it. And then, you know, when I'm in the pool in the back, I'm, I'm like taking a deep breath and seeing how long I can hold my breath underwater. And I saw how good that felt. And all I wanted to do was feel good in those times when I'm feeling really stressed or having high anxiety. So I started taking those deep. So I kind of like backed into it, right? And saw the benefits of it. And there are people like you who actually do it on a daily basis for those benefits. I'm, I'm, I'm going to meet you somewhere, right? But I know that it works. So, so I just, I do it and I find myself, my body craving it when I'm about to feel um, some kind of tension. So my body is now responding on its own. Like take a, take a breath, Garen. I take it and then I'm calm. So oh, here man. I am. There, there's so many things that I want to unpack there. You know, first of all is I've been to therapy as well. And yeah. one of the things that I've heard over and over is like men that are uh, people of color tend to mm -hmm. not want to go to therapy. And uh, let's yeah. save that for a future conversation. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I really want to let people understand like going to therapy to me is actually, I used to think it was like, oh, weak people went to therapy. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is, no, you have to be actually really strong mentally to admit these things are wrong and then go to therapy. So it's showing a lot of courageousness. But the thing that I wanted to stick with about what you're talking about, about like the breath work um, mm -hmm. was that, you know, most of my clients, uh, when I teach them meditation or breath work, it really helps them go from a negative state of being to yeah. like neutral or maybe even slightly above neutral. So it's a great way to modulate um, their their state of being. Now, the flip side is, and I was guilty of this too, was I would only meditate and do breath work when I was stressed out. And mm -hmm. um, somewhere along the ways uh, when I was meditating every day, you know, I started realizing, okay, if I meditate every day, even when I'm doing well, like if it takes me from negative to neutral, if I'm neutral, will it take me into something even greater? And, yeah. you know, as I told you in my story, like the even greater part was like I started feeling this connection with God where all the different things that I've read in different books, the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, whatever religious texts, I had read a lot of them. Uh, mainly mm -hmm. to disprove them when I was younger. But <laughs> yeah. when I started experiencing this connection with God, this, this, like one clear message to me was that, Sabo, you are worthy of everything that you desire and you don't need to achieve or prove anything to anyone to be worthy of that. Because I just had so many, I think, worthiness issues. And that's why I wanted to prove myself. Like, I'm going to be a CEO. I'm going to do all these things. And they were coming from a place of wanting to prove to other people that I could do it versus, hey, this is what I'm actually passionate about, right? Yeah. And so um, I love that, like, the breathing, you know, got you to the place where it was able to help you modulate your current state and for the people listening what i want to encourage is don't just do it when you're feeling negative do it when you're neutral or feeling positive and see what happens when you're in those states of mind meditating and being in the present moment yeah 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 i i love the fact that you have you have a formal structure around it and i and i embrace and love the fact that i have stumbled onto this um just through being present in the journey, 
And and what I want people out there to know is that there's a human element to this whole this whole thing, especially for me, man. Like I've always just wanted to feel human and to be around people who responded like a human, right? Not so hypocritical or you know judgmental, but just like we go through things up and down. It may not always look good, feel good. It may not do good to the world. And and I'm still human. I, I and I'm still okay. I'm making poor choices sometimes and I'm making great choices sometimes. And it's all a part of the human experience. But how can we connect in a way where, you know, it's like I see you. I see you, Sabo, right? And and like like come, like like let's do this together, right? Like me stretching out my hand to hold your hand and say, like, yo, let's 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 go this direction. You know, I'm just looking for human connection, man. And you can find it. Whereas there'll be people like you who you have you have studied the art of it and you can teach it um, and, and you have all the vocabulary behind it and so forth. And then there's just me who takes a deep breath and it's like, this feels good. Somebody might need just to hear like, just take a deep breath. It feels good, right? And there may be other people who need to understand the science behind it and everything that goes along with it so that they know that this is the proper way to do it and so forth. We're all human having these human experiences and we can do it together. And that's yeah. what I, that's what I love, man. Oh man. I, I love that so much because at the end of the day, what it distills down to, in my opinion, is it just mm -hmm. feels good. And I am mm -hmm. one of those guys that I need all that information to yeah. like believe in it. Otherwise I'll be like, well, we're just sitting here breathing. Like, what does that, that do? Yeah. yeah. And, and even though I was having these transcendent experiences doing breath work that actually equaled, um, uh, 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 equaled, you know, even doing psychedelics, just doing breath work, I had like that same intensity, you know, I would just think, well, I'm hyper oxygenating my body, you know, mm -hmm. all these physiological biochemical reactions are happening. But yeah. when I go into deep meditation, like the message that I keep on getting is Sabo, you don't have to understand everything logically and rationally to know something is true for you, you know? Yeah. And so when you just said it feels good to me, that's what's true. It's just like, yeah. if you take away all this fancy language, multi-syllabic words that I'm trying mm -hmm. to throw out to sound smart, it's mm -hmm. like, no, this just makes you feel good. And mm -hmm. if you could understand that concept and allow yourself to take a few minutes out of your day, 30 minutes out of your day, you don't need to take 90 minutes um like i do um that's just i just know that when i get disciplined on something i get disciplined and if i don't there do the go. 90 minutes it's going to become 60 yeah, it's going to become 30 yeah. yeah 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 so i just really yeah. like that's what i've discovered about myself so in these last few minutes here what i wanted to ask you was knowing what you know now mm -hmm. you know what would you have told that version of garen that was deciding to start the janitorial business oh man Hmm. Oh, man. You know, I was starting it for all the reasons that I was starting it for. And uh, I would tell myself, like, you're, you're in for a ride. It's not going to be pretty, but I promise you that you will, you will become 
better off during this ride, not even at the end. When you become, when it clicks for you is up to you. I'll encourage you to surrender early. But it's up to you. That's yeah. all I'd say. I love that. I love that. You know, um, to me, this is kind of a loaded question because I've been asked this question so many times. And when yeah. I really think about it, especially this version of me, if I even went back in time like five years ago, uh, let's not even think about like the 20 year old version of me, mm-hmm. even five years ago, if I was able to create a time machine and tell my, that version of myself, hey, I'm going to be teaching spirituality. I'm going to be talking about all this stuff about oh, connecting shoot. with God. I'd be like, get the fuck no, out of here. You know, right, like, right? <laughs> you, you, you cloned me. This, this ain't no. me, you know, and, but I like what you said, which is like, Hey, it's up for you to decide, you know, when it's time for you to surrender, you know, and yeah. just kind of, you know, I guess for me, what I kind of heard was you're going to go through some stuff mm-hmm. and the amount of suffering that you're going to experience while you're going through this stuff is up to you. And when you're ready to surrender, um, you'll be able to learn the same things with much less suffering. <laughs> shut up, shut up. Oh, hearing it back from you is like, oh, I feel that. Yes, <laughs> totally. So, I mean, which, which tells us, man, we have choice, right? Yeah. We have choice, man. Um, so don't feel like life is doing things to you. It's like what you said, man, it's doing things for you. Right. You get you get to choose in the end. You get to choose. Yeah, man. This has been such an awesome conversation, Garen. Uh, Garen, for the people watching, um, you know, how can they find you both professionally and uh, your socials? Yep. 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 Um, Garen Sproul, G-E-R-R-E-N-S-P-R-A-U-V-E. You put it in there, you'll find me somewhere. Um, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. If you're looking for our business, we're Clean Slate Jan, short for janitorial.com. But whether it be on Facebook or Instagram, it's all the same. I've kept it simple. Don't have any fancy names. Find me, you know, I'm there. And um, YouTube, same thing. Um, I I have a page called the Clean Slate Experience where I've documented a little bit of um, podcast stuff talking about the journey of uh, being being an entrepreneur, being uh, in the industry of janitorial cleaning. Um, but yeah, that's it, man. I'm there. All right. So if you guys are looking for advice, if you guys are looking for some speakers, Garen is your man. Garen, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. And you know, the funny thing is Brad Hart actually texted me while we were talking today and it was at 11, 11. So um, I don't know if you follow angel numbers, but I, uh, the person that I was speaking to earlier today, um, mm-hmm. a client of mine, she told me she sees 11, 11 all the time on the clock. So um, I looked it up and it says 1111 is an alert from the angelic energies that you are supported by forces you cannot see. You can sink sure. into relief, celebrate and get excited when you see 1111. It gives you confirmation that everything is on schedule and divinely guided in your world at this time. And yeah. so I was just thinking, wow, that is such a coincidence that the time that he texted, you know, was a time was the single time that I kind of broke eye contact with you. And then I saw it was at 11, 11. 
And then yeah. I just looked up 11.11 earlier today. And to me, it was really encompassing a lot of what we talked about, you know, confirmation that everything is on schedule and divinely guided in your world at this time. So if we needed more yeah. confirmation. Don't forget, he was the one that, that, that got us together too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, shout, shout out awesome. to Brad Hart. So I yeah. guess... Uh, being that we're at the hour limit, um, I'll save my questions for a future podcast. But thank you so much, Garen. If you guys are looking for him, he's at Garen Sprav off of every single social channel and then uh, cleanslatejan.com. Thank you so much and look forward to having you on the show again. Yes, sir.